0: Welcome to the Mindful Fire Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. My dad will be so grateful. See you next time on the Mindful Fire Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Mindful Fire Podcast, a show about crafting a life you love and making work optional using the tools of mindfulness, envisioning, and financial independence. I'm your host, Adam Cuello, and I'm so glad you're here. Each episode of the Mindful Fire podcast explores these three tools through teachings, guided meditations, and inspiring interviews with people actually living them to craft a life they love. Today's episode is what I call a Mindful Fire Spark, a mini episode pulled from one of our most popular episodes. To listen to the full episode, just click the link in the show notes wherever you're listening to this. At its core, Mindful Fire is about creating more awareness and choice in your life. Mindfulness helps you develop self-awareness to know yourself better and what's most important to you by practicing a kind, curious awareness. Envisioning is all about choosing to think big about your life and putting the power of your predicting brain to work to create the life you dream of. And financial independence brings awareness and choice to your financial life. Empowering you to make your vision a reality by getting your money sorted out and ultimately making work optional. And here's the best part. You don't have to wait until you reach financial independence to live out your vision. Mindful Fire is about using these tools to craft that life now on the path to financial independence and beyond. If you're ready to start your Mindful Fire journey, go to MindfulFire.org start and download my free envisioning guide. In just 10 minutes, this guide will help you craft a clear and inspiring vision for your life. Again, you can download it for free at mindfulfire.org/start. Let's jump into today's mindful fire spark. So, Jonathan one thing you mentioned is that mindfulness is really helpful in negotiating and, and knowing your value and when you go into conversations with potential clients, I assume. So
0: can you talk a little bit more about mindfulness's role there and, and how it helps? I think self-awareness helps in almost every situation. I sometimes I like metaphors. So the metaphor of self-awareness like water, it pours into every vessel. It pours into every situation. It doesn't discriminate on the shape or the size, it pours in. And so in negotiation. It too pours in, and so sometimes when I'm doing individual client work, which we still do some of at Mindful Life, Mindful Work, it's like, how do you know? Let's say you have a number. Let's say the number 100. Let's not even put a dollar. Like you want the number at 100. How do you know you don't want 101 or 99? Like it's one thing to say, "Oh, I obviously don't want 50 or 150." But how do you know when it really gets fine? The only way to know is to check in with yourself and to feel what feels right, given all of the circumstances. And how you're relating in the other and what feels fair to them as well. Sometimes I'll use the example of when you go to a restaurant, how do you know what you want to order? How do you know you're in the mood for a light salad or a big, heavy roasted chicken? Like, how do you know? You might look at prices. You might look at which one the picture looks better. But the final decision is based on mood and feeling what you're in the mood for. And so the same is partly true in negotiation. You know your financial situation, what you need to make it worth your while, whether negotiating a client contract or negotiating a personal salary, like knowing that. And again, the part of its mind, part of its cognitive thinking and like, okay, this is what I need based on my budget. But part of it is what is my worth? What is my value? What feels good? What would excite me? Like, why take 120? When it's just going to be satisfactory, when you can push a little bit to get 135 and you'll actually do a better job because you will be excited about 135. And I'm not talking in thousands. I'm not talking in anything because I don't want to give the impression that anybody should go be going for anything specific. But how do you know that? And one person, 135 is like winning the lottery and another person, 135 is failure. Like, why is that true? It's the same number. And so each one of us has to do that internal inquiry of what feels right for me given this stage of my life. And this relationship and the resources and all of the things that are coming into factor, only by being aware of a feeling-based something can we actually know, like, no, I, I can't go below that because then I'm going to be a resentful employee or I'm going to not deliver on the work in some excited, inspired way because it's too low. I cut off my nose to spite my face. I don't really know what that saying means, but I'm sure it applies. And You need all of it. You need the nose and the face. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. You need it all, right? And how do you know that? How do you know what really boils down to? How do you know that you need that? You know, you can say, I need 135. Why? How do you know that? Oh, that's the industry standard. That's a cop-out. That can be a starting plate. But at some point, you got to go in and think, where do I measure up in the industry standard? And what feels fair? And what, given all the other projects? Or... So for instance, sometimes with my individual coaching fees, they're higher than other coaches. Why are they higher? Part of the reason is because I want to have less clients and give more energy to each individual client. And sometimes I'll even have that conversation with clients. I'll say, the reason you're paying more is because you want me to show up at 110% every time, not depleted because I have twice as many clients as I have. You should know that. You should know that process and that evaluation. It really is a mindful inquiry took place. And that's where these numbers come from. So I can show up fully for you. And so you can really blow it out of the water and not just have a so-so coach. So anyway, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think we're speaking the same language, of course, that the more that you're self-aware, the more that all your choices become more informed and to ask for the difference between a need and a want. Yeah, it's
1: funny that we're talking about this because I had this same experience. I mentioned before we started recording that I recently had my first paid external workshop And I struggled with this. I really struggled with what do I ask for? What do I ask for? And there was a lot of fear, right? There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of really fear around like, am I asking too much? And what if they say no? I tried to get information around like what their budget was and there was really no budget. And so I didn't have much to go on and I found myself procrastinating. Like, just like, no, nah, I'll figure that out tomorrow. Like, oh, take out the trash. Okay, sure. I'll take out the trash. Yeah. Anything to not <laughs> think about this. But ultimately I did what you're saying is I checked in and I asked like, what do I think this is worth? And what would I f- feel excited about diving into this and bringing my absolute best? And ultimately I asked for a number and they came, they said, oh, our budget's actually lower than that. And we ended up on a number, which was ultimately the number that I wanted. So I asked for a little bit more, expecting that we would negotiate a little bit and ended up right where I would have wanted. But I also found myself, and I often find myself doing this, which is looking outside of myself for the answer. So I'd ask a bunch of other people. I'm in the inner MBA program and I asked several people in the inner MBA. I asked this other woman who leads these type of workshops. And so I looked outside of myself. I asked a bunch of people and the number they came with was actually lower than what I ended up getting. And I realized like, I just wasn't excited about that. And I knew I was going to put a lot of work into this and really give it my all for many reasons. But if I would have asked for that, they would have still negotiated and I would end up like way far away from what I ultimately was really excited about and happy to do this for. So
0: I I think it's so important. It's also an assertion of value. I think it's really important. If you want to be taken seriously, you got to negotiate a little bit. It's you want it to work out so both sides are happy. And yet, if you're just willing to do it for anything, then then that's a problem too. And we acquired a company that was charging something for a specific service, a mindfulness-based service. And they had some very big clients, some multinational huge companies. And when we acquired this client list, we circled back. And the first thing we did with all these clients is say, what do you think about the price that you were charged for the services? And almost all of them said, we've never paid anything less than 20 times what they were charging for these sorts of services. And of course, that's part of what brought the company to us was it they, they wasn't financially stable or viable. And I think it's really important that you assert your value. And of course, you have to be ready to not get what you want. You have to be ready to walk away if you need to. It's a little bit about, of course, win, 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 but not at any cost. It's, it has to be rightness of sit. And only through a mindfulness practice, can you really check in and say, oh, this was going to be a star project. I'm willing to take it for a little bit less just to build relationship. Or no, this was going to be some real heavy lifting. I'm glad I didn't get it at that price because that was my bottom. And I knew it was going to be very difficult engagement and maybe not even nurturing or exciting. And so all of that factors into, is this thing alive? What number brings it alive? And again, like we've said, like checking in, oh, this is the number that brings it alive for me. And you can't fake that. You can't say, okay, I'll take half and hope, just hope for the future. When does that future come? It hopefully arrives in the present moment. I've just met so many mindfulness practitioners that say, Oh, when someday, which day? Like, <laughs> if you've said that for more than three or four years, you've been saying it too much. Yeah. Very real. I imagine
1: a lot of people, especially in this mindfulness space and this type of work, really just are afraid to ask for what they deserve or what they know they need. That's why a lot of people aren't able to do this full time is because they just aren't able to ask for what they need. And in my situation, I really wanted to do it. So I would have probably done it for free, although I knew I couldn't do that. I knew Mm -hmm. that it was a lot of work. I couldn't do it. I had to drive four hours there, four hours back. I had to take off work. Like I knew that it wasn't viable to do it like that, but it's like, part of me is like, oh, I just want to do it. I just want to get this first one under my belt. So on and so forth. That's why I kept putting it off. It's like, I wanted to just be like, oh, I just get them to say yes. And, but then the more I listened to what I needed to be really excited about it. Right. It's not like this is something that I've never done just because I hadn't done it externally doesn't mean I'm not have hours, hundreds of hours doing this. And so you really have to think about what your worth is in that.
0: Well, and I think it's important in professional engagements. The money is what keeps the relationship clean. They're paying for some service and some outcome and you're delivering the outcome. And if the money isn't there, like in a friendship, then you sort of owe somebody emotionally. Like, oh, they listened to my story when I had a really hard time, and now they're having a hard time, so I'm their friend, so I'll do it. But in a professional relationship, of course it's humans, but at the same time, it's the money that keeps the engagement clean and flowing. And if the money's not right, then resentment builds in either on one side or the other. And that's where the dollar amount is super important. Thanks for joining
1: me for today's Mindful Fire Spark. To listen to the full episode, just click the link in the show notes wherever you're listening to this. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this. This just lets the platforms know you're getting value from the episodes and you want to be here when I release additional content. If you're ready to start your Mindful Fire journey, go to mindfulfire.org start and download my free envisioning guide. In just 10 minutes, this guide will help you craft a clear and inspiring vision for your life. Again, you can download it for free at mindfulfire.org start. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next time on the Mindful Fire Podcast.